Welcome to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today on the show is my dear friend, Aaron, who happens to believe differently than me in a lot of areas in life. But that doesn't mean we love each other any the less. So today, you're going to learn how to have a hard conversation with the people you love. So let's get started. Aaron, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm so good. I just want to know, I'm dying to know what you're drinking today. <laughs> Drinking some super fancy Kirkland Cab in the box. You know what? That is actually pretty good. And Cab, I remember when we lived together, if you don't know, Aaron and I were roommates for a year or so. We would drink wine and watch The Bachelor on, I think it was, was it Tuesday or Wednesday nights? Because it wasn't like uploaded to Hulu or whatever till like the next day. Yeah. I, yeah. Good times. Split a bottle Cab. It was so good. Yeah. Well, and I like the box because... You know, you don't have to feel like you're drinking the whole bottle of wine or you can get three bottles in for one. So, And it lasts longer. It does. It's supposed to last like, what, six weeks or something? Something like that. I never make it that far. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm actually drinking a glass of Cab as well. Well, I think this one's 14 hands, but whatever. I usually drink the Kirkland one because I think it's, it's amazing. So I think that we need wine for this conversation. No, we don't. But it's going to be one of those harder conversations, but also a roadmap, hopefully that people can use because today we are talking about how to have a conversation with somebody that you disagree with. So Aaron and I actually, I would say that we are, I don't want to say like we're polar opposite in our beliefs, but we believe on opposite ends of the spectrum right? Mm -hmm. But we still find those connection points in the middle and we are able to have conversations. So on today's podcast, we want to talk to you guys about how to have those hard conversations with people that you don't necessarily align with on certain policies or politics. So Aaron, I want you to start off. How do you go about having conversations with me? Like tell them what you've, what you've done with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I have to make sure that I'm in a mindset where I'm going to be able to be open to listen. You know, there's that quote where most people listen with the intent to respond, not the intent to understand. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that that is, you know, a huge problem in our society because it's so black and white right now. Um, and it's, really scary because we're going to have to find some common ground to be reunited. It's both sides, you know, any extreme is not good. You got to be able to kind of put, put your feelings in your pocket and, and just be open. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, the first thing. Um, and then do your own research. You know, if you have strong opinions about something, you need to really do educate yourself from reliable sources, which is another huge point. Um, you can't just take something you see on Facebook for what it is. So yeah, just getting some reliable sources to kind of, you know, see where you're at or, you know, to back up um, or to help educate the other person. Well, when you've had conversations with me, for example, when the Capitol riot happened, mm -hmm. I remember you messaged me and you're like, so what do you think about what's going on? So I think that that's the first thing that's super important is to ask questions, you know, with people who don't necessarily see the same, see things the same way as you. 
Um, and when you when you go into it asking questions, you're more seeking to understand, like maybe there's something that you're not seeing, or there's a perspective that you never would have thought of, or maybe the person doesn't even know. And I will say as a caveat for this whole conversation is that people are not educated in everything, right? I have the ways that I view certain policies and politics and whatever, but I am not somebody who's like, oh, I'm super educated in political science or I know everything there is to know about Congress and the Senate and whatever. And it's okay. You do not have to know everything about everything. You don't have to know everything about abortion laws or humanitarian issues or or how the voting works or the border. Like you do not. I think that's another thing to go into that knowing is like sometimes you just don't know. I mean, this is why it's important to have those conversations, right? Well, and you know, and always understanding that we can't, know what it's like to be a person of color. We can't know what it's like to be a straight white man because unfortunately, you know, being a woman, being a person of color, being, you know, part of the um, LGBTQ and plus, um, you know, unless you're in it, you only know what your life is like and what you're, how you experience life too. That's a great point. Nobody is the same, right? right? We all have different lenses we see the world through, and that's based on our childhood traumas, where we grew up, our socioeconomic status, how our parents raised us, what religious beliefs we had, what kind of dynamics there were in the family. So going into it thinking that everybody's going to believe and see things the same way as you do is, it's bullshit. I mean, yeah. to be frank, because all of these factors that make life us who we are. Yeah. Yes. Life experiences. These things make us who we are. And that's how we filter and see the world. We see the world through this lens of what everything we've been through that we just mentioned. You have to understand when you're going into these really uncomfortable conversations that people will not see the same way as you on everything. And honestly, there is some peace and comfort in that because they could teach you something about yourself that you never even knew. It's kind of like checks and balances, right? Like if we go, if we walk around the world and think, you know what, if you are not a Republican or a Democrat, you know, whichever side of the fence you're on, which you, again, do not have to be on a side. You can pick certain things that you like and that you don't like, right? But if you go through life and think that everybody should see things the same way as you, like how narcissistic is that? How, yeah. how self-righteous is that? Like, are you God? <laughs> Do you think that, I mean, right? Like Aaron, she knows I am a woman of faith, but Aaron is still discovering what she believes, right? Is that the best way I could put it? Yeah, I, I would think so. I, I don't believe in organized religion. I just know that energy cannot be destroyed. So when we die, it has to disperse somewhere. Um, so whether that, you know, goes back into the earth, you know, ashes to ashes, or if it goes into another dimension or who knows, you know, and I'm okay, you know, especially since I lost my husband, you know, that has really challenged, my, I have challenged myself to kind of explore that. Um, and what I think, but I know that organized religion isn't for me. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, could you imagine if I was like, Aaron, you're going to hell because oh, you I've had people, Oh, I've had that happen many that, times. That just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Because, okay, first of all, right. Even if I was like, Aaron, 
I really think that like you should look into going to this church with me, whatever. If I came up to you and approached you like that and said, you're going to hell and da 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 and was abrasive and combative to you, like that would turn you off so much towards church or God. Completely. You got to read the room. You got to pick and choose your time and the way you go about it. For example, I posted a video of my late husband on my social media and he was, we have this inside joke where we give like these really funny cards. Like we find humor in finding cards. Like I got my dad a year, two years old and he had a sticker that he got to wear as a two-year-old. Well, Mike was not, you know, he had the same beliefs as I do. Um, more on the agnostic side. And so he was reading this card that my brother had given him and it was just this religious one and it was like over the top. But I loved the video because he's chuckling. He has that smile and he's kind of shaking the card like he always did when he was doing something he liked. Um, And I had somebody post on that, that this is disrespectful and I don't find it funny to mock Christians and And that was not my intent of the video at all. And it just kind of went overboard. Like he kept having like this argument with my friends on this Instagram. Like this is not the time and place. Like I was like, I apologize. Like I posted this video because it sparked some joy. And I want to, you know, I view social media as kind of like a scrapbook. And I just wanted to share that with, you know, our friends and family. And it was just the complete wrong way to approach the situation about it. He should have come, sent me a private message, but don't go posting on people's personal pictures and kind of call them out. Um, You got to really set the tone um, and have, you know, kind of neutral grounds. You know what I mean? I felt like he kind of attacked me. Yeah. And, you know, I think that leads into the next point is not, everything is for you on social media. So obviously with each of our beliefs, there's sometimes when we're scrolling and we see shit that we're like, Ooh, I do not like that. Like it triggers you. Right. And the, I'm in the belief that some things are for you. Some things are going to, you're going to see them and they're going to resonate with you. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, like I needed that. But then there's other things you're going to scroll by and you're going to be like, that pisses me off. That irritates me. Right. But if, if it's on the side of it triggers you and it irritates you, keep freaking scrolling unless you are genuinely curious. But I feel like the main theme of this conversation is you have to come at it with genuine curiosity because if you come at it abrasive and combative, then people are going to automatically be defensive. And then you're not going to get anywhere. You might as well not have a conversation. So if you see something that triggers you, scroll by it and then think about it. Like give yourself 24 hours to calm your nervous system down. And then if you're still genuinely wondering, go back and ask questions, like have a conversation in private about it. Like you've done with me, Erin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, taking it out of the public spotlight is key because then, you know, you'll get other people coming into the conversation. And when you get too many personalities and too many different opinions, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, you got to set the tone properly and not be like, you know, how dare you? I think asking, okay, can you explain your thoughts on this? Like, don't put, don't lead with any of your own opinions. It's better to ask them, you know, someone else and 
let them tell you like their their full viewpoint and then go back and you can say okay well this is what i think you know what about this just prevent people from getting defensive when you start hard conversations with questions it's game changing game changing and you listen to understand like truly understand their opinion not necessarily try to change their opinion but try to understand where they're coming from why they believe the way they do like where like try to understand the full picture of the person and i see so many times on social media where people start calling people names like a bigot and a racist and whatever and sometimes i'm like okay, I understand maybe why they're calling names, like the things that could come off like they're calling names, but I never think names ca- name calling is okay because you never truly understand and know like a full person's dynamic. Like, okay, granted, if somebody is like flaunting that they're a part of the KKK, like, come on, like you're putting that out there, right? But if it's merely a difference of opinion or policy or something like that obviously there's nuance to this right in general if you see something on social media okay this the blue line flag right when i've seen people post pictures of that and then somebody calls them a racist i'm like why why does it have to get to that like immediately why yeah um you know i would be curious to ask that person why, what, what triggered them? What did they experience in their own life that makes that symbolism so triggering? Because clearly they must have experienced something to have that kind of reaction just instantly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my opinion. So, I mean, maybe going to that person and sending them a private message and say, hey, you know, what, what are your feelings about this flag? Why, why is this so um offensive to you yeah you know and and try to understand and open up but don't say hey i don't like that because that's going to put them on the defensive you know you kind of have to put your big girl panties on and you know like just take a couple breaths and go okay like obviously they've been through something that i don't understand let me try to understand and then maybe you can find some common ground and say hey you know I, i i hear you i don't understand fully. I may never be able to fully understand if you don't go through those same experiences, but you know, and then end the conversation with, you know, Hey, next time, could you just send me a private message versus, you know, going onto my social media and stir in the pot. So people who have posted this black lives matter symbolism on social media, I've seen people who are like for or against it. Right. And I've also seen people who are against the black lives matter organization not saying that they hate black people and are racist right but they are against where the organization is funneling money and how they're um essentially like giving money to campaigns for uh political figures that they disagree with it's kind of like hobby lobby and chick-fil-a yeah they're you know they have you know they're more conservative like i i don't agree with where they send their money personally, yes. not just me, but it's kind of the yes. same thing. I'm a- exactly right. right. So, so I've seen people that are against where the black lives matter organization sends their money. Right. And then I've seen people that because they're against that factor, right. That they're called racist because of that. And I'm like, that that's like, it's not even, I don't even think that's a, the, 
I just don't understand that, you know, and I'd love to have a conversation with somebody. But at the end of the day, I think it's really hard to, I think a lot of people jump to name calling and they jump to these conclusions about different things without, without talking about it, like sitting down and being like, so why are you against Black Lives Matter? You know, instead of being like, are you against Black Lives Matter because you're racist? You know, because that puts people on the defense. But if you're like, if you're like, well, tell me, okay, so I saw that you posted this and you said you're, you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't support that organization, you know, like the formed organization. Right. So tell me, tell me a little bit why, like, I just, I, I want to understand what one sounds more like you'd be willing to have a conversation. Yeah. More inviting to open up that kind of conversation. Like I said, it's all about tone and how you approach it. Um, But also making sure that you have reliable sources. Like I can't stress that enough because stuff just is all hearsay and it's all, you know, it's easy to make memes and both sides do it. Like, you know, everybody does it. Um, So it's really important. Like I know you watch on Instagram, Sharon says so. She's a wonderful resource. Just absolutely just states the facts. Yeah. Um, You know, and sometimes it can be triggering too. If you're like, if you've believed one thing your whole life and then you see the facts behind it and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. It's eye opening, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't trust media. You can't trust politicians. I don't care what side you're on. They're all, it's all corruption. You got to follow the money. That's my opinion. Ooh, but see, that's where you yeah. and I can meet in the middle, right? Like on everything, right? If you if you really get down to it, why are certain things pushed so hard? You know, in, in my opinion, yeah. like with the vaccine, for example, the fact that there's this huge marketing campaign for the vaccine, there's influencers doing marketing for it. And now there's in Washington state, the mandate, like if you don't have it, you lose your job. When, you know, the, the facts behind it for the most part are, it protects you. You can, you know, cause if you're vaccinated, you can still spread it to people and whatnot. So that's really hard for me to understand. And I'm sure that you have some education on that. So can you can you explain to me, and we can use this as an example of like how to have a conversation about it because you're vaccinated, correct? And you work in, you work in healthcare and I'm on the Mm -hmm. side where I'm like, this makes me feel a little skeptical. It makes me feel a little uncomfy. Yeah. Well, so I, I believe it's your body. It's your choice. Same with the abortion law and everything that's happening down in Texas. That's probably another conversation that would be interesting to have. Um, but it's, it's not a human right to have like, okay, so going into my field, I work in physical therapy. I have to have certain vaccinations. I have to have TB tests. I have to do all those things to go to, you know, say you want to go to Bali, you have to get vaccinated for different things there to protect your health. And so that's kind of the way that I see it. It's a privilege to be able to go do these things, but I have to you know, and if I want to do them, then I have to follow these guidelines. Like I can't, you know, um, I don't know if this is a good example, but I have to have a license to do my job, medical license, but that's a privilege if I wanted to go and get that. Like I, I can go work at McDonald's, you know, I, I wouldn't have to have any um, requirements there except for a food handler's permit. 
Um, I don't know. Am I making sense with that, with kind of where I'm coming from? Um, whether or not you agree, I just want to make sure that I'm kind of um, presenting my opinion. And, and the other thing is, um, you are less, if you're vaccinated, you're less likely to get the virus, um, which will prevent it from continuing to mutate. So if the virus, if we can't eradicate it, it's just gonna keep mutating um, over and over and then we'll never get a handle on this. So that's kind of my opinion um, on that. Um, but again, it's, it's your body, your choice. You don't have to do it, but you might not be able to participate in other activities that you would like to do, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I can see where it's up to like, individual businesses right like if you have a restaurant and you're like you know what i would just feel more comfortable for my employees and other patrons of the restaurant and i think i would like to start this vaccine mandate right or not the mandate but like show me your passport i understand that yeah. but i the part where it's really hard for me is where the government which i mean you and i can both agree on is corrupt right i mean like yes we could give yeah, yeah clearly corrupt and they're the ones putting the hammer down on these mandates so and i'm like okay well why isn't it up to the businesses to decide because again this is my opinion and you know what actually i want to give a little caveat to this when i asked erin in this what her opinion is on the vaccine she gave it to me and i right now do not even have to be telling her my opinion it is totally fine to be like oh okay i i understand where you're coming from right and it's okay to end it right there and if aaron's like well what do you think that's where the conversation is good right but if you go in and you're like well listen aaron here's the statistics and da 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 but right now i'm sharing where my confusion apprehension apprehensiveness apprehension lies about it because with the the statistics around you know like how fatal it is like if you just only had the vaccine like no underlying it doesn't seem like it's any more deadly than the flu every year right and the flu mutates every year and scientists are projecting that the flu is i mean the coronavirus is going to keep mutating right so i guess yeah. where my stance on it is is let the businesses decide. If they want to do that, that's fine, right? And then for me, I'm not someone who's like cancel culture chick. If you have a policy that I don't agree with in your business and that's your decision, I'm just going to take my business elsewhere. I'm not going to go stand outside and pick it, you know, because I don't care enough. There's other places who are not going to require that and I'll go, I'll go yeah. eat there. Well, and so another reason why I, for my, from my experiences and, and what I've experienced in my life, um, another big uh, push for it was, um, so I have a friend whose grandmother, uh, who was unvaccinated, uh, contracted COVID and was admitted into the, um, Providence. And my friend was talking to the doctors. Um, she refused to be intubated. Um, and mind you, this is all hearsay, but I mean, I, I, I believe it's why your ICU doctor is going to give false information. But um, they said that they had 78 ICU beds full with COVID patients and every single one of them was unvaccinated. So now the part where I get triggered 
is because my husband, for those of you who don't know, he had uh, he went into anaphylactic shock back in April um, and <clears throat> passed, but um, he would not have been, he would have been turned away. They're having to turn people away that, you know, it, it's just, it's so scary and it's so frustrating. And the fact that all 100% of those patients at that time were unvaccinated, and now they're turning away children and they're turning away other people who are suffering from heart attacks or whatever, you know, I just, it's so frightening. And that makes my blood boil just because of my personal, my personal experience, my lived experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I am really for it because if it can prevent filling up those beds and having other people turn away, like I think, you know, that that's a big statement for me in my experience. I see what you're, what you're saying. And I've heard that a lot on the news, which granted I don't watch, but like on social media, you'll see all the news headlines, right? And if you yeah. read through them, it's pretty much the same thing. But here's, here's the thing about what you're saying that I'm like, it still is spinning my wheels. Cause I'm like, I, this is what I don't understand is that with this vaccine mandate in Washington state, if you don't have the vaccine, and you're a doctor or a nurse or somebody who works in healthcare, you are going to get laid off or lose your job or one of whatever. So how much of the hospital beds being full in the ICU is actually due to staffing shortages? My friend's grandmother was um, utilizing like one of the high pressure oxygen masks and thankfully she survived. Um, it was close. Like the doctors were like, no, you're going to die. Um, but when when she declined and started to improve they were like okay we need to have this machinery like we need to give this to someone else um because they didn't have enough ventilators they didn't have i mean it's all and 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 knowing those doctors because my and i spent a lot of time on the phone with all of them um through the 11 days that my husband was in the hospital and i mean i trust them i don't yeah i i really truly believe in my opinion, that the beds are full and it's not a, a staffing shortage, which I know that is an issue at some places, yeah. but I think it's serious. Yeah. You know? And here's, here's two other things that make me apprehensive about the vaccine and see you guys see how this conversation is respectful. I just want to like go back to that point. Erin's giving me her opinion based off what she's research researched. I'm giving my opinion based off what I researched and felt and, you know, yeah. but the, the two yeah. other things that really make this hard for me is number one, that on like, okay, social media in general, that hashtag natural immunity is banned and blocked as of right now. It's October, 2021. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. that. That's and that weird. you can't get antibody testing you know, like the thing that's really hard for me is I feel like government officials are saying you cannot trust your body. And the second thing about it is there's not a focus on health, like living healthy, right? Like taking vitamins and supplements and eating healthy and doing all these things that actually you have a healthy lifestyle. In the beginning, if you got vaccinated and you showed Krispy Kreme your proof of vaccination card, you got free donuts. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, is this really about health? But I'm under the belief that I'm responsible for my own health 
you're responsible for yours. Like you're not responsible for mine. I'm not responsible for yours. And I understand there's nuance to that because there is people with autoimmune diseases. Riley has an autoimmune disease and he has always my husband has always been under the, you know, if I'm feeling really sick, like I'm staying home, I'm not going to go tell everybody else around me to put on a mask, do this, do that. You know, he's like, I, I have to take care of myself, you know, because if, (laughs) if we put our health in the hands of other people, like they're of course going to let us down. They're of course going to fail us, you know? Well, yeah, look at big pharma. Don't get me started on them. We have different opinions on the vaccine, but while we're talking, we can still find those connection points of like, big pharma, the government, all these different areas within this conversation. So that's really, I want you guys to notice that when we're talking about this, because obviously Aaron and I have two different perspectives on vaccine mandates, right? But we are still having a respectful conversation. We're still hearing each other out. There's no name calling. We have to find the common ground. Otherwise we're going to be divided forever, you know, and it's really scary right now. And it's sad. If you're going to have these conversations, you should be in it to actually understand and have an open mind of maybe, maybe you're missing something. Maybe. But if you still leave the conversation, you're like, well, I still hold my same opinions. That's, that's okay. You know, it doesn't make you a shitty person because again, we all have complex histories. We all have different lenses we see the world through. And sometimes you just got to let it go. You just have to find that common ground and let the rest go. Yeah. And we need to get away from the them versus us mentality too. Because there's so many gray areas. So many. So many. The thing that really bothers me is when people disagree and then you're automatically labeled something, an anti-vaxxer or a racist or a bigot or a homophobe or a misogynist or this and that and the other thing. And It's like, okay, well, before you called somebody a name, did you talk to them about their beliefs? You know, like, did you actually ask them, like, where is this coming from? What, what, tell me why you believe that. Or tell, can you elaborate more on that? Because I I don't think I understand. So, Erin, tell me about what the best way to go about wording things when you're having a really difficult conversation. Cause I know in this one, I've been like, I don't know, wait. Mm-mm. So what would you say is the best way to word things when it's really hard? Yeah, I think um, going into it, starting with a question and leaving out your opinion initially, because if you're really truly wanting to understand the other, to understand period, you know, you have to, be in the mindset to really understand and want to know. And, and you can ask, like, say, Hey, where, where did you get your information from? Like, what are your sources? Um, cause again, I I can't, I can't stress that enough. Like don't believe everything you read or another really good tip is to read from different sides, like read something from the far right, the middle right, the center, then far left, middle, and then make your own opinion based off everything you read. Like if you're constantly watching CNN or Fox News, you're going to be tainted. You just are. Bottom line. Well, and getting sources from other countries too, like BBC or I find NPR, but yeah, to be really, really good. You have to be fully open to hearing anything and understand that something may trigger you. And here's the tip for when you feel triggered, take a moment and breathe like belly breaths, 
diaphragmatic breathing. Can you explain that? So you want to breathe, yeah, you want to breathe in through your nose and you want to have your belly expand. And then you're going to gently, you're going to hold it for three to five seconds. And then you're going to just very slowly exhale through your mouth. Like you're just flickering a candle. You don't want to blow it out, but you're flickering the candle. So nice, slow exhale. What I would recommend is if you feel your adrenaline going and you're feeling shaky and you're feeling like you're pacing and your mind is racing, leave it for at least a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And then I oftentimes will draft a response to someone. Um, and then I sit on it and I may send it to my brother or a friend, um, to kind of proofread and to get a different perspective on how it may come off because there, you don't want to rush into something and adrenaline, you know, or if you get really offended or triggered, you're just going to word vomit and it's not going to be pretty. Um, what is nice. the word I'm looking for? It's not going to be, pretty. it's not going to be, um, meaningful. You know, you're, you're not, most times you probably will not be able to reach the other person. You're going to put them on the defense. Yeah. It's not worth the energy of fighting with somebody about it. You know, cause, yeah. cause at that point I don't want to see their side. I want to change their mind and you can't change people's mind. You, you cannot through those kind of conversations. You can't. And that's the other thing. You really have to pick and choose your battles. You know, is it worth allowing that person to have that power over me to make me feel so enraged at times or frustrated or, you know, it's not worth your energy or your health because that feeling is not good for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's, it is important to, you know, have your strong opinions and to be educated about it and to try to kindly educate somebody else if they're open and willing to it. And that's another thing. Don't force somebody to hear your side because you're just putting yourself, you're just asking for it at that point. I think one thing that would be really good to talk about too is what moral boundaries look like because I know that there are some things that are like moral non-negotiables for people, right? But I think that they come out as something that's a little different than what it means. So for example, I when Trump was the president, I saw so many people on Facebook that were like, if you voted for him, delete me. And I was like, well, why, you know, and there was all of these like, well, if you voted for him, for him, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you don't care about these rights and that kind of thing. But I think the bottom line of why people were saying that is deeper than that. You know, there was, there was a moral boundary that was crossed and it enraged people with Trump in office. Yeah. I think it's also Mm fear-based, right? Like we fear what we don't know or understand. Um, Yeah. I I mean, it's huge. Like you look at anyone who, you know, like in school, if there was a bully, it's usually because they're insecure or they don't understand something. Um, And back again to, I will never know what it's like to be a person of color. I can't understand their lived experiences. Um, But I know people of color and I know people in biracial relationships and who are homosexual and, and I heard their stories and why they were fearful and are fearful, 
Um, you know, it's just, it's people fear, but they don't understand. And so that's why it's so important to be open, to be able to have these conversations because you've taught me things, you know, and we, we just really have to find some common ground if this country is going to, you know, come back together. It's, you know, I was thinking, I was listening to a podcast um, where someone, an ER doctor who worked five blocks from the trade towers, um, he was saying it was beautiful how everyone came together to help Mm -hmm. each other. And even France said, we're all Americans, I believe. They said something along those lines after that. Like the whole world was united in that horrific experience. And it's so sad to see where we're at now. Um, you know, we just, we need to find that common ground again. And I don't, the only way that I know how to do it is to be able to have these conversations. Yeah, exactly. There's no good when you fight hate with hate, right? Right. There's, yeah. there's no, nothing good about it. So the, the moral boundaries are like, okay, if somebody is like, okay, overtly racist, right? Not going to engage with somebody who treats other human beings like that. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We all have a freaking pulse. We all have love and we all have likes and passions and dislikes and our favorite food and our favorite color and you know families and people that love us and people we love and to treat people like they're subhuman because of an opinion or belief that they have like it's just not that's not okay well so you can kind of think of it as like time is your currency right so if a restaurant decides they're going to require a vaccination uh, passport. Passport. Thank you. <laughs> Words are hard. Um, if they're going to require it, then you can choose to take your currency, your money elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So, same thing with people. Your time is your money. And how much time you're going to give certain people, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing I think is hurt people hurt, hurting people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so if someone comes out and overtly kind of attacks you, you know, you got to take a step back and think, okay, what, where is this person coming from? Instead of just lashing out and trying to diffuse the situation. And that's way easier said than done, I know. But mm -hmm. um, there's, you can always go about responding in a tactful meaningful way but you just got to sit on it and take your time and not not let allow those people and those words to have power over you that's negative you know yeah and sometimes the best response is no response absolutely <laughs> so Aaron this was this was amazing uh we covered asking questions understanding that people are complex humans with different histories and lenses they see the world what to do when something triggers you on social media um, when it's okay to name call, which is never, uh, when to let go, how to word things, respecting people, moral boundaries. I think that this conversation and the example that we gave with the vaccine mandates in Washington state, it's, it's refreshing because people 
for the most part steer clear of it and then that's that's where the divide really happens is when you're like you're an idiot on that side and you're an idiot on that side no we can all meet in the middle agreeing to disagree is common ground if you cannot find anything to agree on you can agree to disagree and that's okay we're never going to see eye to eye on every single thing and if we do we're in a cult okay I just want to thank you so much for getting on here and having this hard conversation with me because it's not easy. Like when we were talking about that, I was, some of the things you said, like made my heart race a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? That's your opinion. And you're entitled to it. Just like I'm entitled to mine. Yeah. Right. But we still love each other. We're still friends. We're still going to sit down and have wine together. Yeah. Bring back Bachelor Tuesday night. I think it was Tuesday nights. Well, I have TV now. I have cable. So we can watch watch it on Monday nights. (laughs) But I'm excited for people to hear your story more and where you came from and the work that you are doing now. That and as well as normalizing grief, that's going to be something else because, oh man, we Americans do not like to talk about the ickiness of grief and how heavy it is, but it's important because we're all going to go through it. Mm -hmm. And you, you are doing it with such grace and poise and I'm excited for people to hear more of your story because it's really important. So thank you so much, Erin. And I cannot wait to have you back again. And that is all for this episode of Lexi's Lounge. Thank you so much for joining us. Do not forget to show some love in the reviews, subscribe and connect with us on social media. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Shannon, who is a nanny by trade. And we are talking about all things mompreneurship. We'll see you then.